This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. So our guest today is James Stanford, Managing Director of Fitzroy Health. James, thanks so much for uh, speaking to Knowledge at Wharton today. Great to be here, Mokwal. Thank you. Fitzroy Health seeks to unlock latent value for health systems by unearthing internal assets that can be turned into high-growth businesses. What inspired you to start the business, and how did you see the market opportunity? Yeah, thanks, Mukul. So what we believe is that there is a massive opportunity to improve quality and satisfaction in healthcare while also eliminating $600 billion of waste. And so Fitzroy Health exists to build businesses that we think can achieve those goals. Now, you say you don't develop drugs or devices. But so what kind of assets have you found within the health systems to turn them, turn them to companies? Can you give any examples of the kind of uh, innovations you've been able to bring about? Sure, yeah. Traditionally, when people think about uh, companies coming out of healthcare, they think about drugs and devices. And there's a very long-standing approach to commercializing those assets that tech transfer offices have been developed to manage. And those companies or those assets tend to be based on very airtight IP and very strong clinical research. Uh, and so naturally, the people that you know, populate the tech transfer offices come from a life sciences background, and they uh, tend to have PhDs in chemical engineering and those sorts of backgrounds. Now, what we're interested, though, are not the drugs and the devices, but they are the tech-enabled healthcare services businesses that typically don't have necessarily strong patents uh, or, um, or clinical research, uh, at least at the, the, the level that you'd expect of a pharmaceutical. What they do have is operational excellence and the ability to reduce the inefficiencies, improve quality and satisfaction. And the, re- the way that they succeed is by doing what they do extremely well and getting traction in the market and specifically getting commercial contracts that have longstanding value and, um, and represent a, uh, a satisfied customer ultimately. And so examples of that from our world, we work both in clinical and non-clinical businesses. There are, there's really two trends that we're addressing in each of those. Um, the first trend is what we see as a once-in-a-generation uh, movement to outsource assets from healthcare organizations and delivery companies into new companies that can stand on their own, be more efficient, and, uh, and, and serve uh, a specific need uh, at scale. So in, in that realm, what we do are, uh, uh, is to help find those assets and then spin them out in ways that they create value for the original uh, health system, but also can be sold to other hospitals, health plans, physician groups, et cetera. An example is uh, Flex Health is a company uh, that we launched very recently that is uh, looking to disrupt the typical uh, healthcare staffing agency model and to improve workforce management uh, across uh, the healthcare value chain. Another is Salute Safety, uh, which is a company we spun out of Weill Cornell Medical School. 
that uh, they're the leaders in environmental health and safety, uh, managing risk associated with uh, hazardous materials and facilities risks, uh, employees, slips and falls, those sorts of things. Uh, and what we've done is turn that into a business that can scale nationally uh, to uh, help these large organizations manage what is a massive amount of risk uh, that exists in their facilities every day. Now, is what you do something similar to cons- what consulting firms do? How, how is it different? Right. So we, from the very beginning, wanted dif- to differentiate from a number of the different models that were out there that we felt were ill-suited to the opportunity. So just to, to I guess, start from the beginning, when... I was with uh, McKinsey and Company as a consultant. I would be working with hospitals and health systems and identifying these new assets that they developed to manage these changes in the healthcare landscape. So uh, Obamacare, other changes that are leading to uh, healthcare providers taking on risk for populations, they had to develop entirely new systems of, of care and care models. In doing so, they invented things that I knew other clients of mine would like to buy uh, rather than build themselves or certainly reinvent the wheel. And um, to be able to do that, what um, what that took was for us to be able to um, you know, first find the asset, but then actually build and operate it. And consultants, as a consultant, I couldn't do that, and consultants can't do that. Uh, it takes someone who actually has an ownership stake in the business to go do that. And so for us to be able to make that work, uh, what we did was um, form an operating holding company that uh, – takes ownership positions in these new assets and then operates them as subsidiaries of Fitzroy Health. And that allows us then to to be waking up every day thinking about how to make this business succeed, um, which a consultant could never do. We're also different from a fund. A lot of people ask us, why aren't you a venture capital fund? Right. And the truth is we're business builders. We, we're, we're not investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with investors, but we want to be aligned with the people who have invented uh, the innovation, uh, be on the same side of the table on, as them, and build the business together. So we had to really create a, a new kind of model, uh, at least as applied in this industry, to be able to work with the uh, our partners to find the assets, to turn them into something that might be commercial today, but is in, in definitely not investable in the sense of you know, something a venture capital company could m- put money into. Um, and what we do is we'll bring management teams, uh, we'll uh, secure commercial contracts, we'll form capital from outside parties, and uh, and define a strategy for a company so that it can be spun out into an investable asset. So in that sense, are you more similar to, say, a private equity firm or a or, or an accelerator, or is there a difference there as well? So it's a good question, and, and honestly, one of the challenges that we've had over uh, the life of the company has been able to define you know, what we are with re- relation to what we aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you pointed out, you know, a lot of people say, well, it sounds like consulting, except you know, we, we take the ownership position. Um, and others will say, well, it sounds like you're a fund that's investing in these assets, and the truth is what we're investing is our time and energy and strategy to build out these companies themselves. Uh, so we are um, more like a, 
uh, closer to an accelerator, except accelerators typically work by having companies come to them. They take you know a slug of equity, 6 to 10%, and provide uh, support for a short period of time, typically. Whereas we consider these subsidiaries our companies, uh, we only want to do one to two a year that we can invest uh, all of ourselves into and really consider it uh, our effort. So how do you find these opportunities in the sense, has it been easy or difficult to find these opportunities within the health systems uh, that that you can invest in and turn into uh, fast-growing startups? Well, one of the great aspects of the last, say, five to ten years in healthcare is that there has been just an explosion of innovation. And uh, so finding opportunities itself is not hard. What's hard uh, is finding an innovation that we think can be successful and scaled successfully and is a good fit for our model. And then conversely, uh, that is something that the originating originating institution can actually transact on, is it can be very difficult for these organizations. They're typically not-for-profit organizations with a, a it's a very different perspective on how they view growth and how they view their own internal assets. And so it takes a huge amount of relationship building, trust building uh, to help these organizations that you know have multiple missions. They, they exist to take care of a population. They exist to do research. They exist to teach. Um, and then they have to uh, turn a profit to be able to do all those things. So there's a lot of missions to manage, and we spend a great deal of time with each institution, whether it's NYU or Weill Cornell or uh, many of our other our partners, understanding what will it take for this to be successful for you. So for you to say five, ten years from now, yes, we're glad we did this. This is d- delivering what we need it to do. Uh, what have been some of the biggest obstacles you have found in dealing with the health systems, and how have you overcome them? The biggest obstacles have to do with the amount of time it takes to get to a decision. That's probably the single greatest. Um, when you think about these young companies, they a typical startup needs to move quickly, and that's something that simply doesn't happen inside of a typical health system, academic medical center, health plan, you name it. Doesn't happen quickly in any bureaucracy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we're talking about some of the largest bureaucracies with... You know, if you look at the board of a typical um, major institution, it's going to have, you know, (laughs) a lot more than your typical for-profit corporate board. And what that means is that uh, getting to a a decision can take years and sales cycles in the forms of years is typically the the I guess the death knell for a startup Mm -hmm. so that we've had to manage our own business to fit within that cycle. And that led us to a portfolio approach where we, uh, we will have multiple companies as subsidiaries uh, that will need time and patience, and uh, we need to give that to them in order to succeed. And we have to do it in a way that makes uh, sense uh, from a, a sustainable financial position, which is why the typical Silicon Valley venture model doesn't work very well in healthcare services, and you haven't seen too many successes come out of that world, uh, that the companies that they're looking for and what they're looking for from those companies uh, is typically very fast growth and you know a hockey stick project- projection, um, which 
typically doesn't happen when you're talking about hospital uh, and physician and, and uh, clinical sales cycles. So what, what exactly is your business model? Do you retain e- equity in the startups and share in the risk? And how does the health system benefit from the, from, from the relationship? Right. So the way that uh, we get compensated is that when we form a company, we earn founder's equity in that company. And we share that founder's equity with the clinical partners, uh, whether that be the physicians or the, the hospital or the health plan. And um, what that means is that uh, we are going at risk uh, at, to develop the, that company and to earn that equity. And so um, it's that alignment of interests with the different stakeholders that allows everyone to uh, feel like we're in this together as opposed to, say, a consultant who's taking fees along the way or a you know, investor relationship that's looking for a specific return with a specific type of mandate uh, from an LP fund, for example. Okay. Now, if a health system believes that it has underutilized assets uh, uh, and, and would like to work with Fitzroy Health, how do, what the, does the process look like? How would it go about it? Yeah, so the way that it works is typically we get a referral from someone who says this organization has something that's really pretty spectacular and is a center of excellence. And what we'll always do is provide our perspective as one company on what we think the opportunity is for that to to scale either nationally or internationally. And um, if the the organization likes our perspective, then uh, we will... Uh, work together to determine what a business plan could look like and ultimately make a proposal for a partnership. So it's a pretty straightforward process uh, where we can provide, I think, value immediately in the form of a third-party outside perspective given our reach across the market and the numbers of deals that we see uh, to be able to help an organization that is necessarily internally focused to put some sort of value on what they have. So how many deals have you closed so far and how many sort of pitches have you considered? <laughs> so uh, the first question is easy. Uh, there are, are five uh, Fitzroy Health assets um, that we've closed. And uh, we typically look at, um, at pr- somewhere in the order of 200 to 400 ideas a year. Wow. Uh, and so we've had to develop our own internal software called FIDES that is a, a tool for helping us manage that process uh, to quickly get to perspectives on where we can add the most value. And then once we've come to a decision, what the fastest route to market is for that opportunity. So how, how are those start five uh, startups doing so far and how do you measure their success? Uh so how we measure their success has to do with uh, really the valuation that the companies get from uh, outside investors. That's the ultimate proof of how valuable they are is what someone's willing to pay for them. And so uh, right now we have uh, three companies that are, I think, doing very well. We have one that has not done well and uh, it, in many ways um, was a victim of the uh, the – I guess the confusion or at least the lack of clarity around uh, what's happening with the national health care debate. 
Um, but the other three that are focused more on the business process outsourcing uh, have been doing very well. And um, two of them are profitable. One will be profitable in about a year's time. And we're very happy with their progress. I understand you're focusing on three areas. You already mentioned business process outsourcing, but you also you know, focus on care model innovation and reinventing education. Uh, why did you choose these three areas? Those three areas we feel are where we can do the most good um, and create the most value with that initial recognition of the opportunities for improving quality and satisfaction and efficiency in healthcare. And so in, in business process outsourcing, there, as I mentioned, there is this, um, this very large trend for where hospitals 10 years ago even um, wanted to hold everything internal, all of their operations. And now we're recognizing what every other industry has is that non-core assets can often be better managed outside mm-hmm. of, uh, of the corporate realm. And uh, uh, what they need is someone who can actually create the scale necessary to run that optimally. The next area in care model innovation has to do with this um, generational shift towards value-based care that... Uh, Whereas the fee-for-service model is predominant and has been, increasingly there are risk components being added to contracts to say that uh, you're going to guarantee some level of outcome or quality uh, in, a, in addition to the services that you're offering. And those changes are making dramatic uh, demands on, on the care models that exist today. And so we're interested in the innovations that, that work there. A couple examples from the Fitzroy portfolio. Um, one is Dose Daily, which is a micro-learning platform that we have that um, uh, what it does is tie educational interventions to uh, improving quality. Uh, and another is AgeWell, a company that's devoted to helping uh, older people stay in their homes longer and more healthfully. Do you plan to expand uh, the number of areas you focus on, or will you continue to focus on these three? They, uh, I think <laughs> our efforts are to focus more as much as possible rather than expand. There's so much opportunity in all three of those channels right. Right. that um, uh, our goal is to, is to be um, really creating you know, two to three companies per year max, um, and trying to have a relatively even distribution across those verticals. Now, when you are trying to incubate startups, the risk of failure is always very high. Uh, so what have you learned so far in, in, uh, in, in, in managing this process from how to manage that, about how to manage those risks? And how have you changed your strategy as a result of what you've learned? So I think our biggest learning was that we need, as Fitzroy Health Holdings, the parent company, uh, to get out of the way of the business as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Our job is to find the opportunity, create the strategy, hire the management team, and then let them run with it. Mm-hmm. And early on, we made the mistake of thinking that we could operate it for a longer period of time and create value ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't doing anyone any favors. Whereas more recently, a couple of great examples for Dose Daily, um, we hired a CEO named Rola Couchman, who spent his career 
in with Elsevier, with Kappa Medical, developing innovative products for uh, for healthcare education, and uh, and he has uh, done phenomenal things with that business. Or Rob Bender, the CEO of Salute Safety, who had been the successful builder and ultimately seller of a fintech company uh, that uh, brings you know the types of data analytics and risk management um, expertise that he brings to that company. Uh, it has been just uh, wonderful to see work and, you know, truly, you know, shows us how important it is for us to get out of the way quickly. If you look to the future, uh, where do you see Fitzroy Health going in the next three years, in the U.S. as well as globally? And uh, what opportunities do you see today that you will be working on tomorrow? <laughs> um, so there... It's hard to imagine what uh, what will happen in three years. I think if you had asked me three years ago what would happen with things like uh, Obamacare, um, I would have given you an answer that would have looked very different from what exists today. Um, but with respect to Fitzroy itself, the I think the, what you'll see is a company that uh, continues grow, growing its portfolio, um, potentially has exited some of the positions that it's in and has created value for our investors. And uh, has uh, increasingly is playing a role in um, in identifying large scale um, opportunities for uh, creating value within those three verticals of care model innovation, business process outsourcing, and reinventing education. So my hope is that what I'm doing in three years, five years, is not terribly different from what I'm doing today. Uh, that we just have um, uh, gone down the road that much farther. James, thanks so much for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.